Greetings, PBIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy and Pastor Sean. Um, so we are still in the King and Kingdom series um, in this brand new year. Um, but uh, we're going to the next section in the King and Kim- Kingdom series. Uh, we started with the Sermon on the Mount, and then we moved to the Sermon on the Move. And now we have um, going to dwell into the parables. So, uh, Pastor Billy, uh, would you be so kind to uh, let us know what the sermon was about today? Thanks, Neil. And Happy New Year. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, guys. Um, so, uh, as Neil mentioned, we're... Um, moving into kind of a, a different phase, a different portion of the series um, where we're kind of going to be delving into parables. And our jumping off point for that is in Matthew chapter 13. And here we see um, Jesus using par- parables and essentially um, just a form of storytelling. Jesus using storytelling to communicate what his kingdom um, is all about. And I think if we think about storytelling, um, we see how as a medium, it can be a powerful tool for communicating ideas, emotions, concepts, beliefs. And in Matthew 13, Jesus uses a specific type of story to do this, a parable, um, which is really just a, a practical story, often framed as a simile that illustrates a spiritual truth so in order to understand Jesus parables which we're going to be delving into over the next few weeks um, there's some principles that we should use uh, which are one that we should listen uh, from the original hearers perspective secondly um, keep our eyes out for the main point or the big picture point of the parable And thirdly, uh, to let uh, the truth that we receive from the parable change our perception. Um, That's really my hope as we go through this, that uh, we would allow truth to change uh, our perceptions to the glory of God. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Uh, To the first question. Should pastors preach in parables today? If no, why? And if yes, how? Um, so as someone who endeavors to, to preach, um, I think that's really a fascinating question, right? When you think about when you're coming before a congregation to share, um, there's lots of methodologies that could be employed, different strategies, different ways of preaching, you know, there's expository preaching um there's using you know more thematic preaching styles and then even within that there's you know how to use illustrations and various different types of tools to communicate ideas um when it comes to specifically creating one's own parables or allegories um when trying to explain ideas from scripture um, I think we need to be very careful I think we need to be cautious because 
Jesus is wielding these parables um, as as the master, right? As uh, as God Himself. So His wielding of these parables is masterful. It's artful. It's purposeful. It's beautiful. Um, and and we're not Him. So for us to um, consider using allegory and creating, you know a parable in that sort of way to kind of communicate communicate an idea we should be very careful <clears throat> um so i say that just not to say that you know we can't use real life examples or um uh or storytelling in any sort of way in any sort of way excuse me <coughs> but that rather we cannot allow our uh, entire sermon to hang uh, on one single allegory that we have created, a parable that we have developed from our own mind. Um, we should always let the text lead us and um, um, you know, whatever sort of illustration that we create needs to be um, utterly subservient and supportive uh, of the text that we are intending to uh, preach on but we would be in error if we you know continuously and consistently try to create our own allegorical concepts um, to try and explain theological truth I think we would quickly uh, wind up in error if we use that sort of approach we should let scripture lead and um, you know understand that Jesus wields these parables um, as the king. Now, I don't want to go on off on too much of a tangent or anything like that, but I know that here in our church, we go through the passages verse by verse expositionally. That's our form of preaching. And if you look at other churches, they, they do other things. What would you say, Pastor Billy, is the benefit of expository preaching, of going verse by verse, and why do we do it? Yeah, no, that's that's good. Like we, <clears throat> one, um, you really, when you use an expository sort of format, you learn to allow the the context of the particular. Um, gospel or book that we're in um, to sort of help drive the understanding, right? So everything is in context, right? We're not parachuting down into a passage and, and lifting it out um, and attempting to make connections, right, which can, which can lead to error, right? Yeah. So you can be grounded and rooted in one sort of contextual place. Um, so that's always good. Um, <coughs> Secondarily, um, from just a personal point of view, from a preaching point of view, um, it forces you to address the text, right? Um, there's no running, there's no hiding. Can't run from it. Yeah. Can't run from it, right? And um, for me personally, right, I think that's, it's it's been great, right? Um, you know, you're not cherry picking, you're going through and you've got Jesus' words, they're unadulterated and to... Um, spend the time to meditating thinking um and allowing god to work in and through you um, in that sort of way even passages that might be 
challenging or it might on their surface be an affront to the sensibilities of modern day people uh you yeah. might you know shy away from it otherwise but you know if we're going through it's there um it's there for us to take in its wheel and it's all of it is for our good so um you know that's another sort of more personal benefit of of you know expository preaching that's sort of i would definitely agree because i think if you look at that that second point that you made forcing us to address issues could you imagine if we only cherry-picked pieces of the scripture that we wanted to preach on we would probably not talk about election we would probably not talk about sovereignty the problem of evil we probably wouldn't talk about the relationship between a man and a woman and marriage mm -hmm. and the household and we would avoid all sorts of things and we would just stay on the easy stuff and the fun stuff and the stuff that gets a rise out of the crowd you know mm -hmm. so i i am totally on board with the expositional preaching it's i think it's the only way to go you don't think uh something like topical preaching is something that we I, I know that we used to do that in the old church but is that something that we don't do that anymore or yeah so so here's what, here's what I'll say like I, I wouldn't go as far as to say um, that's the only type of preaching that can and should exist right I, I would I would not necessarily go right. and say that what I would say is <clears throat> that we as a church are committed for that to being the primary mode of um, our preaching. Um, but, you know, were we to take uh, a moment to, to, to do a more thematic mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, look right across the scriptures, right? Um, that th there is also, there's a way to do that and still honor the, um, the intent and the beauty of, of scripture, right? Uh, there's a, there's a way to do that, right? But if that were to be the primary way that um, teaching and preaching is done, um, you know, you lose a lot of that benefit and that fruit that you get from the expositional and that sort of way. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say like, don't ever do it. But if you are to do it understand the pitfalls that can come from that and make sure you're you know safeguard in that sort of way that you are bringing things in context and that you're looking at the overarching narrative of redemption and you know using that sort of approach so uh you know i was thinking um we might just take a moment to discuss between us which parables are might be our favorites or are there parables that we kind of go back to that are um, maybe historically in our, in our own lives have been, you know, especially meaningful or especially powerful um, because the, there are quite a few of them throughout um, scripture, different kinds and types that may apply and help us in different stages of our lives. Um, so I thought it might be just interesting to, you know, consider what, what some of our favorite or what our most favorite parable might be and you know just share that together so you guys have one um i'll go first i uh, mean like i like the point you mentioned about you know as different stages of life i think now like one of my favorite ones i mean there's there's a lot right i mean yeah, this is not going to be right. my favorite one but one of the ones that always resonated right now is the parable of the lost sheep um fact that you know um 
he he um, leaves the 99 to go and look in search of the one lost sheep and basically saying that everyone is counted for not just even in a big crowd he doesn't miss one he goes after the one that's lost or missing um, and kind of like the an overarching thing that we talked about during the advent too one of the the biggest love the agape love of god that kind of like comes into this where this is something it's it's god's will to like bring everyone together all the sinners back to him in a sense right so it's a kind of love that we are it's very hard for us to do like the unconditional um unattainable love that god has for each and every one of us and i think it's um it's amazing yeah. yeah, I think the idea of that, the nearness of God too, right? Yeah. The, yeah. the fact that he is transcendent, right? But that parable sort of just brings it into really stark yeah. focus that, that 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 picture of just leaving those 99 and closing that yeah. gate and just, just going him. out into the treacherous I mean, areas. And it's the just thing. the yeah. imminence of his presence with us. Uh, to me, that one, I mean, like... He's that, that always case. there. Yeah. And it's just, mm-hmm. we going astray right i mean and it's and he's always there he's always looking yeah that's beautiful that's amazing that's a good one that's a very good one uh for me um my favorite parable was the prodigal son and i mean that's a classic uh most people know of it i mean even folks who aren't in church Mm -hmm. or go to church have heard the story of the prodigal son but um for me the reason that i particularly you know connect with that one is not necessarily because of the actual prodigal son who left the home mm-hmm. and and eventually came back and was was received um, by the grace of the father, but that the other son who was in the home right. the whole time thought he was in the right the entire time and thought that he understood everything and got it all and, and it all made sense to him. Um, but in the end, he didn't get it either. He didn't understand the grace of the Father much at all. Um, and for me, it's it's just that message that you could you could be raised in church your whole life, um, in a Christian family, and that doesn't guarantee you a thing. So that one always connected with me. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I, I think it's fascinating the the two that you just mentioned, right? One, um, it's this idea that at times God can appear far, but he's actually near in the lost sheep. Mm. Right. But in yours, it's the sun appears to be near, mm. but it's actually far. It's actually far. It's wow. actually far yeah. from God. Right? And the other I thing mean, about think, that is too, like we, we seem, I resonate a lot with the, you know, one in the house, the nearer one. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we always uh, focus on is the sons, but it's the father whose love stays the same. Yeah. Right. Even for the one in his near and one that goes away, even though he runs for the one that's, you know, right. coming back, but it's steady. God's yeah, it's love. consistent. The, yeah, the yeah. father is the the star of the show, right? Yeah, of exactly, that of the yeah. of the parable, right. so to speak, right? right? Um, and uh, you know, I've said, had some people that have advocated that you know it, it should it should be called the parable of the two sons as mm. opposed to the right. the parable right of, yeah. of the prodigal yeah. son because mm-hmm. it's really that's, that's good. Really more, that's good. Yeah, no, that's a great. One. Obviously, that's one of the great ones that people know. For me. Um, <clears throat> it's one that's maybe a little more off the beaten path, but um, it's the parable of the un- unforgiving servant, right? You can find that in Matthew chapter 18. We're going to get to it um, 
hopefully soon. I'm excited for yeah, yeah coming. And I, I just I just love it. I love um the setup for it. Right. I love the the stark contrast that's created in it. Right. You've got this one servant in such great debt, and it is insane debt. It is unpayable yeah. debt. Right. Enormous amount. And he is released of this debt. And he immediately goes out and finds someone else who is in debt to him for a measly amount in comparison to what he was in debt for to the Mm -hmm. king. And he starts gripping him up. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just the pictures in that parable are so contrasted and so like, so it's like, it's like painting in vivid contrasting colors that's what i see when i when i hear that message and um just the fact that it speaks to us of god's forgiveness but then also of how that forgiveness should translate into a forgiveness right. in us and it's always a ch- challenging parable it always brings you back to something actionable where it's mm-hmm. like what have i misunderstood of my own forgiveness that prevents me from forgiving it always will draw you back to something actionable where you can kind of self-examine so for me um pound for pound that's yeah that's yeah. the that's the parable for me that kind of uh gets i like lost. i like that one because like you said it paints that vivid picture and it it makes it clear how foolish it is oh is to yeah. not be forgiving in light of the forgiveness of god in your life that it makes you look like a complete fool yeah yeah Thank you, guys. That was uh, great. Um, Pastor Billy, going forward uh, for the next week, what are some uh, questions that we can think about? So first, uh, to consider, what is the responsibility of believers who have been given an understanding of the secrets of the kingdom? How should we respond to this knowledge? What, What should we do with it? Secondly, um, to just reflect on the gratitude for grace that was mentioned in the sermon. And how does the awareness of being recipients of God's grace impact your worship and daily life? And finally, um, how would you evaluate your own heart of giving in light of what God has given you namely from the passage that he has given you eyes that see and ears that hear how do you then evaluate your own heart attitude uh, toward giving uh, as well all right thank you pastor billy uh some good uh, questions to think about um question what i know we have this sep- you know those uh, sermon on the mount sermon on the move is there a topic for this section parables oh just (laughs) beautiful (laughs) very straightforward very straightforward i love it um so going forward um until next sunday uh let us strive to live all of life to the glory of god